We kick off hour number three, game day edition of the program. Also, Optimism Tuesday. Some, some, I felt like it at times. And Ooh. depended on the segment. Yeah? It's a good question that Jordan tweets in. Mm-hmm. He says, I think we all can agree that we have hit our ceiling with Barnes. Would you rather continue on this path? I don't agree with that. Uh, I wouldn't say ceiling. I would say we're just kind of stagnant right now. We're like a pond. Uh, Let him read the whole thing. Would you rather continue on the path knowing you'll be ranked, big big regular season wins, recruit well, be relevant, or would you rather take a chance on another coach with the potential of it being a lower floor but maybe a higher ceiling? Possibly deeper runs in March, looking across college basketball, and there haven't been a ton of impressive coaches take over for successful coaches. I don't know that we've hit the ceiling with Barnes in terms of like the best a team can do in the tournament. I mean, the ball bounces differently a couple times. Mm-hmm. You could have gone a lot further. But I feel like you've reached the ceiling in terms of the type of team you're going to have, if that makes sense. And the type of team you're going to have is – Potentially a two or three, maybe even a maybe even a one seed, possibly. But do you just want to keep rolling the dice with the Rick Barnes style team in March mm-hmm. and hope you get a little luckier? Like I don't think you're going to have a team that was better equipped to win the national championship than the Grant Williams no. Admiral Schofield team. That was the year. But you might have a team that's not quite as good, that gets a little better draw, that gets a little lucky, that right, right. hits a bunch of shots a couple games in a row, and all of a sudden, you're right there. It is valuable to have a coach that puts you in that position yep. each and every year to give you chances. And it might feel like Rick Barnes has been here a lot, but I mean, it's it's still, I mean, each each year it's one and done, single elimination. It's just a roll of the dice, kind of. And I think the threat of, you know, with Rick Barnes' style teams, you know, more so with us than your Dukes, your Kansases, your Villanovas when they had Jay Wright. Like the threat of a Vermont or a Northern Illinois catching you in that first round and having a little bit of magic and upsetting you looms a little larger with us and our style of play than it does with some of these other teams across the country. Yeah, but that hasn't really happened yet, has it? No, but I mean, like we've. Like seed wise, you know, you ha- mm-hmm. have been getting the worst of the worst, like the Long Woods, and teams <laughs> like that. Yeah, but like, I mean, if you fall to like a, I mean, if you're like, we saw what happened when we were a five seed. We got the notorious five versus twelve matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon State, you know, power five team that was just god awful, had a little bit of magic to them, and we sparked a elite eight run for them. It's just it's just hard to relax with the way we play basketball. Would you be relaxed with anybody though? Nope. It's March. I mean, that's what we're talking about. When you get to March, I don't care if you're a one playing at sixteen. Like for years, yeah, you weren't. But then we saw what happened in Virginia. Yeah, but they also play a similar style of basketball that we do. You know, like that's, they're, that's they're very that's, similar to that's us. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And I mean, what like, about Kentucky though and the Peacocks last year? Right, I mean, just like yeah, I mean, I'm saying, like, it can happen 
on any given thing. And that's why draws are important. I also think, I don't know, like, I feel like the quality of basketball at lower levels is higher now. Yeah, because, I mean, you got the transfer portal. Yeah, I, I think you're seeing it spread out a little bit. I mean, I think you look at this year's top ten and you're kind of like, yeah, like all these teams are really good. I mean, maybe it's Houston, Purdue, and who's the other one last team? Kansas. Maybe, team maybe not beat. Kansas. But, like, you look at all those teams and say, yeah, pretty pretty solid, like, pretty good. With, with us, though, let, let's say, like, us in the first round against whatever mid-major school, you know, they have some little six-foot-two sharpshooter. He starts off two-for-two, two, mm-hmm. you're down 6-0 to start a game with us. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. You know, we are going to lose these guys. Like, I feel like with other coaches, it's like, all right, you know, just whatever. Like, it's only a matter of time. Like, cool, they're two-for-two, two, but, you know, we're Kansas. We know what we are. You know, we – we're fine. We've been here before. We don't lose these games. Well, we haven't lost those types of games. You know, we had we lost Fulkerson and then lost to Oregon State. We lost Kyle Alexander and lost to Loyola Chicago. We had Purdue beat. Oh, you, you could call that one of those games, Loyola Chicago. If we hadn't lost a starter, I'd agree. But, I mean, when you have, have to replace your big man on the inside. I'm not saying – we would have guaranteed to win, but like it, that felt like a not an excuse, but like a, okay, if if we'd have had our full lineup, we probably take that game, especially as good as old what was his name Crudwig, yeah, Crudwig was killing us on the inside. I'm trying to think, like last year, Hunter Dickinson, gosh, but last year was tough. Honestly, that was probably one of the – I mean, obviously the Purdue game because the way it ended was frustrating, but last year letting Dickinson come out and hit – I don't know. What what do you have, like 10 of their first 14? And we just won the SEC tournament. Too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That sucked. And we killed Longwood. Mm-hmm. We had like 19 threes or something. It's also hard for me to be loyal hmm. to Rick Barnes right now. Ah, uh, I mean, like, here we go. Like it's always been hard, but like – it's always been hard? No, I mean, like, ever since the UCLA thing, like, he, yeah. he, he's in the business for himself, as he should be, you know? Like, well-respected, nice man, do what you want to do, do what's best for you and your family. Like, why can't Tennessee be the same, you know? Like, if, if there's an option out there that they deem to be a really great option, like, what's it hurt to talk around a little bit? Like, hypothetically, if Scott Drew wasn't happy at Baylor and you've could get in there, get a foot in the door, and maybe start working that angle. Why wouldn't you? Scott Drew, huh? I mean, Barnes was going to leave you. Yeah, but that, like, UCLA had an opening. That wasn't, like, the exact same scenario. Like, you're suggesting runoff Rick Barnes. Not, I'm not saying, like, right now, but, like, you're if you're Danny White, are you fishing? I mean, everyone, every AD has a list. I don't know. I no. I, like I, I feel like he's earned the right to I stay. I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you're, you're. I mean, you just have to let this play out a little longer. I mean, you're. I don't know. You have to. You have to be pretty stagnant to say. Hey, I know we're in the top twenty-five all the time, but it's not good enough. Top ten. Yeah. I mean, well, right now. Yeah. I, I, I know you're kind of stuck, and you're just gonna. It's gonna just play out, however it may, but. And, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I really am. Like, would it be nice? Well, you to... say stuck, but we're stuck in a pretty damn good spot. Until the big dance. Maybe. And then we're sitting over there in the corner and we ain't got a date. 
and you're watching everybody else have fun. Everybody else can get lucky every now and then. And I think we're overreacting. Look at Kentucky's losses this year. Con- Michigan. What? I mean, we're talking about the Kentucky game and Barnes in March. We're not even close to March, right? We weren't talking about the Kentucky game. Well, you're talking about Kentucky and Barnes and everything else, right? And what are talking about March? Barnes in March? What do you mean by the Kentucky losses, though? Well, they, they lost, lost South Michigan, Carolina, Michigan State, <laughs> Gonzaga, UCLA, lost to Missouri, Alabama, and South Carolina. Okay. So and you're they're saying they're, I think we we're we're basing it off them losing to South Carolina, and they're not a good team at all. Like it'd be worse if we lost to, you know, a Vanderbilt. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. <laughs> so you're saying Kentucky's slightly better than the record shows? Yes. Uh, which, which they are. I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, no one disagrees with that. I don't think. I mean, that's been part of the problem there this year is everyone's given Cal such a hard time because he's got such a talented team, and then they go out and lay an egg against South Carolina. Yeah. Then, if you're basing this off the Kentucky loss, then you are overreacting. But if we're talking about just globally, you know, everyone can have their own opinion on. I mean, it's the it's the Mark Rick Kirby Smart thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of teams that make the Mark Rick move and they yes. don't get Kirby Smart. They, you know, they roll a guy. I mean, hell, Texas moved on from Rick Barnes and never got back yeah. for a while, you know? I guess that's like that's the risk. Like, and I, really, it comes down to your athletic director. Danny White's got a good history of hiring coaches. I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying make the move. I'm just saying, if you if that was your mindset, the first thing you'd have to do is look at your athletics director and say, okay, with this program, can this guy go hire a great coach? Not a good coach, not a maybe coach, a great coach. Because right now he would be inheriting a top 10 program. But then you got to look at the culture within the building. If you were to move on from Rick Barnes, how many of these players hang around? Because then the name on the jersey stays the same, but then you're, you might be rebuilding a completely new locker room and a new culture. I mean... I'm not blaming Nate Oates for this, but like what's going on in Alabama right now is really bad, really embarrassing, and I'm so thankful that we don't have to deal with crap like that. And I'm, and that so, that's obviously so, so Nate o- Nate Oates is off your big board for when we we're doing no, this I didn't say years. that. I just said I'm glad that in Rick Barnes's program that has never even come close to being an issue, anything even remotely like that. That is obviously a big outlier in a really bad situation, and I'm not saying it's just Nate Oates. This happens all across the country. But it is nice to know that you don't have to worry about waking up on a, a game day and you got four guys arrested for guns and drugs and you play Kansas in six hours. And we won. I, I'm aware, Hickman. I'm just saying that was not exactly the banner day for Tennessee college basketball. That was worth it. So are you looking for a young and up-and-coming coach that just has regular season ex- wins or are you looking for a guy that's had success in March? Well, sounds like I mean, the biggest issue right now. Yeah, Barnes I mean, ide- ideally you – can sell your program as like, hey, this thing's as stable as it gets. Like you'll never make the big jump with a, you know, more stable program support. You know, like basketball is t- tough though. I don't really, I don't really think you can ever sell the current roster in basketball anymore. No, you can't. You can only really sell the perception of the program in the moment. And so I don't. The other thing too is it's a tough, it's a tough ask sometimes to say, hey. Take this big job where we're not happy winning the first round game. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to make the Sweet 16 or better. And let's be real. Rick Barnes was probably – I mean, he was hired at Tennessee because we were an absolute dumpster fire. People knew – it was no secret that, yeah, he struggles in the tournament, but you know we're bringing him in as a guy who will at least build the program up to some 
you know, to be a respectable program mm-hmm. in the midst of this terrible time. And he did that. He's and done he, that. He did do that. But like, but now, now it, but it's like what Nate and I have talked about for years. And he said it two years ago. We have to take the next step as a program. And I don't know if they've done that. Do you think you could get Nate Oates? I mean, by all I don't. I don't think Bama would let him go. By all accounts, him and Danny White, you know, still seem to be like good friends. Obviously. Danny White got him his first coaching job as a head coach at Buffalo. I don't see why a basketball coach at Alabama would leave for Tennessee. Especially right now with I mean it's, they're the number 4 team in the country. It's the I mean it's the same type of school. Yeah, you're still a sec I, I say secondary not in a bad way, but you're not Kentucky in the SEC. And if you're going and you're like not Duke or Kansas. Yeah, and if you're going all time in the SEC like you don't even have the recent success of Florida. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't I don't know Hickman, I don't think so. The only thing there that might is if Danny White and Nate Oates are just like boys. All right, we'll come back with more. Uh, Last call for phone calls, 865-546-8200. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. Hour three continues here. This segment brought to you by Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. Check them out online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com and take the virtual tour. You can even set your appointment right there. Easy to get to. Conveniently located in West Knoxville. Longtime sponsors of Fan Run Radio. It's Knoxville Smiles. Go see Doctors Malone and Costa there at KnoxvilleSmiles.com. Has all the details. It kind of reminds me of a... Like in Major League Baseball, I was asking somebody about the Cardinals a long time ago. I was like, well, you know, the Cardinals, they're never going to spend big to be the favorite. Hmm. But they're always going to be pretty good. And when they have that year where the pretty good players, you know, they, they catch the right dudes, you know, that's when they win it. But as Adam said in the break, it just feels like Tennessee <laughs> under Rick Barnes hasn't caught that. That lucky break, you know, that one game where, oh, yeah, oh, man, we did play like crap, but we still made the Sweet 16. Oh, and now in our Sweet 16 game, we just shot the lights out and beat a team that yep. might be better than nope. us. Nope, I agree with that. I agree with that. Now we're in the Elite Eight. Like, Conzo's even caught that luck. Oh. You know, he caught it here. Oh, yeah. we're playing And now we're in the Elite Eight, Duke. and hell, George Mason's our opponent, and we can beat them. You know, like, we just haven't had that, that run. Will it happen? Maybe. Maybe not. Let's go to the Big Orange Chili Fallen. has got Westchester up next. What's up, Westchester? You're on three and out. All right, I'm going to start this by saying, well, I'm sorry. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Good doing morning, great. Chester. How are you? Good, good. Listen, uh, one one positive Rick Barnes thing. He's only had to kick one player off of his team. Burns? You remember? Hmm? DJ Burns? I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, our favorite coach of all time had – a very, very, very similar incident than what Alabama's dealing with happened. Mm-hmm. So we're not immune to it. Um, guys, uh, Rick Barnes tournament success. Do I want to go down that road again and beat that drum again? Same old phone call. No, no, I'm going to beat the other drum, the one right next to it that says, 
why can't he recruit so that we can beat some of these teams? I mean, we're sitting at we're sitting at a, a unnamed bar because you know I don't give free plugs. Before we went to the Vandy game, and sitting there watching the I think it was the Florida game, and I was like, I looked at the, their inside guy, and I go, how are we going to stop him? Oh, yours has it. I said, really? This guy's got like a hundred pounds on him. There's no way we're stopping him. <laughs> About the other guy right next to him, how are we going to stop him? And is he going to stop both of them? I was like. Oh well, well, you know my buddy's a real basketball guy. Games change. Games change. It's a it's a guard based game. You don't need an inside player anymore. Well, I, I mean, I must be the dumbest person on the planet then, because if the games change and nobody has an inside player, guess what you have if you have an inside player? Would that not be what you would call an advantage? I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid, but you know, a little basic basketball strategy. I don't know. I know it's a guard oriented game, but guess what? We don't have that either. Mm. So what? So what? So what, what are we basing our team around? Who is we, we don't have a point guard. We don't have a, an inside game. So what? What's our uh, year five or six, wherever the heck we are? What's our what are we? What's our strategy? What are we doing? I think that's a good question. Like, I, did he think the guard play would be significantly better than it has been to this point? I think it has. If you if you don't think it should be, then I I don't know how to. No, I mean I, I think it should be. I'm wondering if he thought it would be. I actually think like if he thought that he's kind of stupid. Hmm. Like Vescovy's a spot up shooter who just runs around the entire the entire game. He's not gonna kill you off the dribble. He's not gonna create his own shot. He's handicapped with what he can do. Zakai, you know, love the kid to death, but like he's not the most SEC caliber guard on your team. Like he he can get past his initial defender, but, I mean, he's a liability around the rim, and he's not a good three-point shooter. So, I mean, if he thought that those guys were going to take a jump, it's, it's on him. He's crazy. No, they're not They're not point guards. They're, they're very good role players, but, no, as much as we all love the guy, he just reminds me of the kid we all played against in Hyper when we were at UT, you know? I mean, every, you know, every that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty common player. But, I mean, a point guard in year six, is that right? Five or six, yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, why, where am I off base with this criticism? Especially with the transfer portal. Mm. But I mean, why does why does no one want to? Why does no one want to come here and play for him? That's that's a fair question. Well, but I mean, you got Tyreek Key, who was he was he was you know well thought of and highly recruited. But well, I mean, you have Julian Phillips, who out of high school was yeah. I mean, I asked him about the portal, but what what Westchester this year? I'm actually surprised we're doing as well compared to our talent because I agree with you I think that this team is not I feel like this team is actually playing better than the level of talent on the team I'm actually more surprised when they beat Kansas than I'm when they lose to Kentucky that kind of makes sense Nate when you show up you say some good things thank you Westchester <laughs> you, should, you should try that more often yeah I'm on a street I noticed Hickman's not laughing either. Good boy, Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I, it's it's a it's a it's a both and. I mean, we get in games that are obviously close, so obviously we're good enough to be close, mm. and we get out coached at the end in in, in crunch well, time. Or you got, or or you we, we we get the lead, and then we can't hit. It, you know, we can't score for six minutes, which is just I like. That's where a coach has got to step in and help support his players by calling some specific stuff to get guys in the right position to, to get to the free throw line even or get an open look. Look, I know it's Optimism Tuesday, so I'll say that that six minutes is great compared to ten last year. We're improving. 
It's a good point. But we're still we're still doing it. We have no identity. Can't win a march without an identity. Love you guys. Have a good show. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Maybe you're right. Maybe they've overachieved. So when they play at Kentucky, who's underachieved but super talented, and Kentucky plays better than they have, and we did – I mean, we did play poorly. Yeah. Then it puts you in a, in a game down to the wire. Yeah, I guess that's – like, if we don't overachieve, it's going to be hard. Like, this team almost has to play better than what you what you would think I mean, you imagine, would get. Imagine if Euros just had a kind of a normal average game for we We'd get killed. We, we'd have gotten blown out. Well, college basketball is not uh, as much uh, guard-oriented as it once was. I think the best players in college basketball are centers. Zach Eady, Timmy. It's Timmy. weird, yeah. Is it swinging back the other way a little bit? Brandon Miller's, I mean, he's he's both, I guess, but he'll hmm. go down low. I mean, I mean, Shebley, you still caught, consider him. They caught from Carolina. I mean. It is funny how as soon as something becomes like the thing, then someone else – you know, it goes the other way because then, mm-hmm. as Westchester mentioned, then you have an advantage. an advantage. I mean, maybe Gonzaga shoots you out of the gym. I mean, those those guys average ninety something points a game, but you know they're also playing the WCC. Who? I mean, I'm trying to think about Arizona. I mean, Alabama. We just saw a score one hundred and six, but I mean that was a fluke. I mean, nobody makes twenty two threes. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's what I mean, that's what Oates does. That's what they try to. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I don't. I mean, the, this team's identity is just going to be that they lock you down on defense and. Can we score? Can we hit shots? Yeah. Yeah, That's that's the deal. We'll come back with more. Hour three next. Hit shot. Sit down. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade it. Now I done grew around some people living their life in bottles. Granddaddy had the golden flags. Backstroke every day in Chicago. Some people like the way it feels. Some people want to kill their sorrow. Some people want to fit in with the popular Hour 3 continues game day edition of the program. I'm not kidding about these losses, Chris. Like, I'm looking at UCLA. They lost to Illinois. Mm It was 19th at the time. Baylor was 5th when they lost to them. It was actually Um, pretty sobering as I went through the teams with more than one loss. mm -hmm. Because they've lost to really good teams. Like, Bama lost to UConn and Gonzaga. Houston, of course, lost to Bama. Kansas, of course, lost to us. Purdue's lo- was Purdue's loss bad? They lost to They lost to Rutgers. Rutgers. That's not a great loss. Don't sleep on Rutgers next year. Top five recruiting class. Really? Yeah. I mean, we do have the win over Kansas. Um, no, I know. Uh, I would say that is the... lost to Arizona. That's fine. The win over Kansas is probably the second best win in all of college basketball this year. Mm-hmm. Behind Bama over Houston. And then, honestly, Kentucky may have the third or fourth best win in college basketball. I mean, if Kentucky was, you know, 15th, 20th, 25th, then it, we'd just be looking at Colorado. So, we'll see. We'll see if uh, – I, I just – I think with this team – I actually think this team is pretty consistent. We just don't have a lot of – we don't have that dynamic top-end talent. And so, the margin of error is I was going to say, it's, it, yeah, it's margin of error. So, if you miss some shots – God forbid you miss some threes and then miss some layups and then don't get a great whistle, like, you're in a dogfight. And they could have played better and beat Kentucky easily. Um, but that's just the way this team has to win. And, you know, 14 times this year they've done that. Three times it hasn't worked out. And that's just what you're going to deal with. I, I mean, I think 
Rick Barnes should prioritize recruiting scorers. It just seems like a lot of times maybe we prioritize the defensive end a little too much. It would be nice to have a little bit more of a balance, like a, a go-to guy. Is it prior, is it in recruiting, though, or is it in development once they get here? I think both. I yeah. mean, uh, like, like, I mean, I was shocked when Brett gave us the Victor Bailey stats. I mean, that's either that's either a, that's either a mental issue here, or he was asked to do so much on the defensive end here that he wasn't able to then shoot and score on the other end, or both. Buddy, but it's not just Victor Bailey. Oh, I know. It's, it's that's just that's just the biggest example. Pember. Powell, Pember, Burns. Like even even Derek Walker's having a good yeah. Season. Even Gaines went to George Mason and it was scoring like fourteen points a game. Mm-hmm. Our guys just afraid to play loose with Barnes. I like, think they're just so worried about staying in the system and focusing on defense. The offense in. is like uh. Well, they make one mistake, they're out of the game. Well, I think, and I also think our offense is pretty complicated. There's a lot of there's a it it it's not to me it's not that complicated, but compared to other compared to you know Musselman's NBA stuff like mm-hmm. hey sprint to the corner a lot you know ball screens here are the rules go play go play free. There's a lot more thinking involved with okay. There's the pin down. How do I read it? Do I curl? Do I come off? Do I flare? Oh, he flared. Now I have to cut. Oh, he cut. Now he he screened this way. I have to go this way. There's a lot more. It's a lot more reactive instead of you know proactive. Mm-hmm. Would you say you guys may disagree, but I kind of feel like Ziegler's our go-to guy. Maybe not scoring-wise, but he can create for others. Gets in the lane. Out of anybody on our roster that you want the ball in their hand to create something. It's got to be a driving kick, though, with Ziggler, I believe. Well, I'm saying, but yeah. he, he at least puts a threat on the defense. Yeah, I mean, tie game, you're holding for the last shot. Like, what are we doing? It. You I mean, spread the floor and let Ziegler drive and then find somebody? Is that, is that, our, is that our best Is that our best? It's not look? the worst. Is I mean, it, I don't know what the other option is. It mo- is it you know? Is it money for uh, Vescovy, and you try and run that with start that with ten seconds left, and hope when he's able to come off a screen that you know that he's got an angle and can do something? Is it? I mean, I'd like it for to be Phillips. I mean, he's long. I mean, I feel like he shoots it well from the line. So if he does get fouled, you feel confident maybe he can make a couple free throws if you need it. I mean, I, I feel like I saw one set one game where I was like, oh, they specifically cleared out that side to get Julian Phillips the ball and let him attack right. the basket. Um, yeah, I, like, I guess the other frustrating thing is we don't see the, the development of those types of sets during the season. It's always the same, pretty much the same stuff. Mm. I mean, occasionally they'll have a new little wrinkle here or there. You know, he was mad after the Kentucky game. He said they didn't execute the plays down the stretch that, you know, they were calling. Well, that's what I was saying. The Kentucky did a good job of defending. You got to have a counter for that when they try to take your stuff away. Yeah, you know, Kentucky fans were giving the assistants up their hell all week because it it was released that it wasn't the assistant coaches doing the scouting. It was just the GA and an offensive analyst. Mm. Well, maybe that's why they look so bad against South Carolina. Maybe they maybe they learned their lesson and scouted the hell out of us because it sure looked it looked like every time we try to start something in the second half, they would be in the way. You know, like they, they would, mm-hmm. they would just be blocking the motion. Yeah, 
and frankly, a couple times I thought they got away with holding and maybe some illegal stuff, but not. We just look stagnant, and I think that. And I, I give Kentucky credit for that. I've I've tried to say that all week, which is frustrating, but they they were really good defensively, and I don't I don't know if it's just if it's too early in the season to where hey we we would want to call this, but Julian doesn't know that yet. And if we bring in this lineup that knows it, they're not going to be able to run it as well. Because that's halfway through January now. I know, but coaches are always installing little things yep. as the season goes on. The play card gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But I, so I, I don't know. I don't know if we're a little bit limited with what we can call because, you know, Phillips is out there. Can we just retire the money set? It doesn't work now. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Like I haven't. I, I can't. Bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> we're. Yeah, inflation. It's done. Yeah. Like we're gonna go use something else. It ain't money, Bitcoin. That's for sure. It doesn't work with the guys we have. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not a no. good set. No, because we don't have a guy who can come off that screen and look to attack, yeah. shoot. It's a like Vescovy can do it and then shoot, but he's not gonna be able to attack someone off the dribble and open it up for somebody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a TJ Ford set. It's mm-hmm. not, yeah. It's yeah. not. That's a Kennedy Chandler set where you yeah. free him up and then it's yeah. just go, 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 and then kick if you can't. D1 baseball has Tennessee number two in the preseason. I mean, I would rather breaking. have Vescovy screen, you know, setting a back screen for someone and his guy can't help, can't bump that cutter mm-hmm. because if he does, then Vescovy's coming off a screen for screener to get a wide open look from three. Like, that's a better set. Like, have, have Vescovy set the diagonal. And if his guy helps, then have the down screen coming, top of the key three. Like, that's simple. Like, there's other stuff you can do. Yeah. And I hate to keep beating this dead horse, but, I mean, you've been running the same sets for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, with certain sets, if you've got the right players, it really doesn't matter if they've scouted it because then it's just ability versus yeah. ability. But when you don't have that inherent advantage for the person you're calling the play for mm-hmm. and the other team has it perfectly scouted because you've run it for 20 years – you're not exactly setting yourself up for success, and I get it. He he loves that play, but does Barnes let his assistants in and like throw their two cents in it, or is just strictly all Barnes's offense? Like, what's the point in having these offensive? I coaches? don't know. That that's what's weird to me. It's like we always have a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but we never have like an. It doesn't seem like we have an offensive guru guy. Like that's. In charge of that. Maybe it's just more. Maybe it's just easier to see on TV when they're calling out the other team's stuff and the, mm-hmm. the, the scout. But whatever we're doing offense just does not. It doesn't work. We're terrible at manufacturing points. It's beautiful basketball when you have a team of guys that can score in different ways, and they all play together, and the shots just come when they come. That was you know when you had Bone and Admiral. And Grant. Well, that's a big problem with just... this team is when you get into a gotta have it. We got a lot of guys looking around at each other, thinking, "Are you gonna take mm-hmm. the shot? Do I take the shot?" Then we're late in the shot clock, and then we just have to hoist one up there. There you have it. All right, final segment of the program. We'll give you our picks next. Once I 
Final segment of the program, game day edition. It's an SEC matchup. It's Tennessee traveling to the hump. Take on Mississippi State Bulldogs. What's Odd Shark say about it, Houston? I don't know. Oh, I thought you looked that thought up. thought you were looking that up. They don't have it posted. Mm. Okay. <sighs> I guess it's not an important enough game. It's really not. It will be if we lose it. So we best not. Better not. Better not cry. Oh, no, here I got it. You ready? Yes. Yeah, we're ready. 76-66. Mississippi State. Ooh. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That would Whew. be surprised, though. <laughs> uh, in the last 10 games against Mississippi State, Tennessee is 8-2. and 6-4 and four against the spread. Average score in the last 10, 71 to 62. Hmm. In the last 10 games, we were shooting 47% from the field against Mississippi State. Not that that really matters as much because they've obviously had a coaching change in the last right. year or so, but we also shot 60 something percent in the first game against them. So I think earlier in the show you said seven point. Now I'm seeing six point favorites. 80% to 20% for ESPN. They're really struggling, as we mentioned. They've lost five of the last six. I think it's going to be another rock fight. What do you mean? We beat them by 30-something. I meant, like, you know. Oh. Us. We also shot 70%. <laughs> on the Yeah, on the road, I don't think we'll shoot it that well. Yeah, six-and-a-half-point uh, favorite, according to yeah. Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, that is. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give my pick. That's okay with you guys. I'm yeah, go, go for it. Tennessee, for it. 61. Mississippi State, 57. Ugh, oh. If I have to sit through that crap tonight. <laughs> what are you well, doing? I think we just got one out on the road the SEC. God, you're probably right. <laughs> I think I'd take it right now, honestly. <laughs> Laugh if you want. I really think I'd just take that and go home. I have Tennessee seventy-two sixty-one. All right, eleven-point victory covering the spread. I think it is kind of close. Uh, gosh, this, this could go so many ways. But give me Tennessee sixty-nine, Mississippi State sixty-one. Seventy-four, sixty-two. Who's our leading scorer tonight? I don't care. <laughs> uh, probably go, Vescovy. I'm gonna go Josiah James. I'm gonna go. That'd be a surprise. Give me Julian Phillips. Really? I'm going bold take there. I, I almost went Euros. Now keep in mind he did drop like twenty-three there like three years ago. He likes that gym. <laughs> Who did? Euros. He had like 23 points on the road against Mississippi State a couple years ago. I thought 19 was his career high. Oh, I don't know. I could have swore he broke yeah. 20. but Maybe that was season high or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, give me Julian Phillips. Uh, Julian Phillips in the first matchup scored 11. Kumla 10, Plavzic 10, Vescovy 14, and Ziegler 11 off the bench. Josiah Jordan-James added 8 off the bench. He only got 17 minutes. In the first contest, Plavzic only played 15 minutes, but was five for five from the floor, three rebounds, ten points, uh, and a block. And Ziegler had 
What was this? Ten. Ten and eleven. It's pretty good. We were twelve of twenty-one from three. I take that. I think. Yep. Jeez. I mean, much the way us missing shots against Kentucky felt just like I mean, late there were layups. I mean, we we literally layups. We probably made more shots than we're going to make the rest of the year against Mississippi State the last time. I do think we're better. I do think we'll win. But it's a road game in the SEC, and I, you know, it'll it'll be a game for a while. I'm sure. And that's okay. Just take care of business. You know, small margin of error, like we talked about. Just got to play really, really good basketball. And it'd be nice if our uh, if our coaching staff would come up with some ways to manufacture a few points here and there. Hmm. We did run the weave late in the Kentucky game. Yeah, we did. <laughs> What'd you think of that? Did we not have three people involved in that? Mm -hmm. Was it Ziegler, Vescovy, and Joe? Yeah. What'd you think of that? It's a lot of the motion in our motion offense. Feel like is just wasted. That's exactly what I felt when I was watching that. It felt like we went two weaves too many, and I'm just sitting there thinking this is literally just wasting time. I felt like watching the Globetrotters. Yeah, we could never score that much. Do you know what we're talking about when we ran the weave up top? Just was this passing late, late in the game, like what five minutes to go? Yeah. It was just passing for yeah. plays, pa all at the top, and I'm just like, "What are we doing? Are we just trying to get Kentucky tired right now?" It was just I, I almost tweeted something about it, but I, I don't think we scored on that possession. In fact, I know we didn't. I think we may have missed a layup actually. Hmm. But man, that was. Didn't Zakai end up getting to the basket on that one and kind of fading away from the layup, actually? Maybe. I can't – all I remember is watching us do that stupid weave, and I'm just like, are we – is this a joke? It was like we were running a drill. Yeah. Harlem Like you said, like I don't know what it was trying to set up. Right. We weren't the, trying to get downhill in any of them. No. It was just like we were just letting them interchange. Yeah. On defense. And then we had two guys in the corners, right? Or maybe maybe Kumwa was in the post, and then we had a guy in the corner, and it's just kind of like, oh. Uh, Aren't the Kentucky defenders just kind of standing there? Like, all right, they're going to continue to do this. I don't need it to was, chase Yeah, them. it's just we were just getting ourselves tired. Yeah, I was not a big fan of that. Very uh, Hoosiers and Coach Carter-esque. Mm -hmm. Not very optimism. Coach Carter beard. Not very optimistic <laughs> today. I'm. Cherry I just think that there are some obvious things this team can fix, and I hope that they come out tonight and have them fixed. That's that's what I'll say. Like some of the stuff we're calling offensively is just a big head scratcher to me, and it just doesn't seem like we've developed enough of our concepts to this point in the season. That's what I said earlier. Maybe that's because Phillips doesn't know it. Maybe it's uh, you know, with all the different lineups and changes and Tyreek. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But some of the stuff. Is just. I mean, I'm not saying that's like the dumbest thing you can do on the court, but when you're not trying to get downhill and you're not running any real action off of the weave, you're just wasting time. Mm -hmm. And at that point in the game, I don't think we For had sure a lot we were of losing. Yeah, yeah, we were losing, and we did not have a lot of time to waste. Eric says, "Does Brick Barnes' offensive style actually allow scorers?" Yeah, if you're a big man and can get to the free throw line, like Grant Williams, it's it's all well, it's all designed to get the ball inside. Or on the early offense. And then after that, it's, yeah, it's post position or it's like coming off curls and hitting mid range shots, which 
that doesn't fit Vescovy very well. I mean, it's okay. He's okay doing that. But Tyreek Key, it doesn't fit that. Um, you know, Brett made a good point about Ziegler. Like, wouldn't this offense be better if you spread the floor a ton? Yes. Because he's so small that yes. if there's a ton of space, then he might have an angle to score on his guy, and the help mm-hmm. guy is too far away to come over and make his height an issue. Like, let Vescovy shoot from further out, not closer in. Mm-hmm. Have Key and Vescovy spread the floor, floor just Yeah, have come off like the crazy. five, game four. Yeah, and, and we haven't and, run that much this year, and, have we? And bury just those bury those uh, big guys down in the short corner and just let them duck in mm-hmm. and keep all the free throw line open. But, no, we clog it all up. That's what Eurosh was doing. It was working every time. Well, maybe they'll adjust. Just ducking in. <laughs> okay, come on. No, no, Optimism Tuesday. Hater. Yeah, might be better tonight. We'll see. Big game, though. We'll break it all down for you tomorrow. Keep it locked in for more Fan Run Radio. Blitz is next.